0: Kerry and I were sorry to miss you guys last Sunday but we were on holiday Uh, but I heard Gordon preached uh, a really great message on expecting the miraculous, Kirsty's nodding, excellent, Uh, and it's just great to hear prophetic words like what Lee shared to encourage us to step out into that so hopefully these are threads that are being weaved that are just encouraging us in where the Lord's leading us to really focus our attention on and what he wants to do through us, and hopefully the miraculous in different ways, whatever that looks like, is something up and coming as we take that courage, as Lee was speaking about, to uh, step into it. But we're going to continue this morning, if that's all right, with the series in Gideon. We've been looking at his life, for those of you who haven't been with us, um, and just the story that's portrayed in the book in Judges. Uh, So up until this point, the last time we looked into Judges and where Gideon was up to, The angel of the Lord visited him while he was hiding, living in fear with all Israel. You remember he was under that great terebinth tree. And then the angel of the Lord, the messenger, appeared to Gideon and spoke over him and to him. Uh, The Lord called Gideon, reminding him of his identity, that God had commissioned him, and that he would be with Gideon in spite of his doubts and of his fear, and that's where we left off. But then looking at ourselves then, as Hope Church and for us as individuals, we remembered that we need to know our own identity that the Lord's given us in Christ, because we've been made a new creation, we're a new person when we're put into Jesus and we believe on him. Uh, So the fact that we're children, we're saints, he's saved us we're made righteous we're holy etc etc and all of that as part of this one church on a mission together like what hopefully the lord's sending us into as he speaks to us prophetically and through his word so we've got to remember our special calling by god and walk humbly confident and we must remember whose company we're in the foundation for all of this to work as it were knowing who's commissioned us, who's called us, who's leading us. So, let's go on to the next portion of scripture then. It's going to be in Judges chapter 6 verses 17 to 22. It's a bit longer than usual, so feel free not to turn to it if you've got your Bible, but I'll just read it. Uh, But if you want to make a note, it's Judges chapter 6 verses 17 to 24. Now, the angel of the Lord just appeared to Gideon. Uh, This is Gideon's response to everything he's just been speaking to Gideon about. Gideon replied, Now, if I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Gideon went inside prepared a young goat, and from an effort of flour he made bread without yeast. Putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot, he brought them out and offered them to him under the oak, under the tree. The angel of the Lord said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hands. Fire flamed up from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, it's taken him a little while, even though he said, I am the angel of the Lord and has had a conversation with him, he exclaimed, alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord Face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid, you are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it The Lord is Peace. To this day it stands in Ophrah of the Abizurites. So, naturally, we may be trying to do a little bit of reconciling here. Reconciling this, what we've just heard. Oh, beg your pardon. I've got my notes mixed up. Sorry about that. That's not right. That's more like it. Sorry about that. Uh, So, sorry. Apologies. So why this strange reaction from Gideon? This miraculous event has just taken place and Gideon is thrown back into fear, panic, concern over what just happens. the very fact that he's seen the angel of the Lord, which is like seeing the Lord face to face. And he is completely filled with terror. So why that strange reaction? Why is he shocked that he's seen the Lord face to face? Because he recognizes the presence of God is a thing to be feared, and revered, but we'll dive into how that works and how we can make, understand that in what we also know about God and how he's revealed himself to us in other ways. In many of the stories of the Bible, when God showed up and was present, there was a reaction from the person he was revealing himself to. Something physical always happened when God just showed up and revealed something of his nature and his character. Often it was sometimes to kneel, perhaps to lie prostrate on the ground, to cry out, or to turn away. In this case, it was Gideon being taken aback and panicking, not knowing if his very life was gonna be taken away from him at seeing something of the Lord. So people like Gideon recognize that the power and the presence of the one true and living God, almighty God, wasn't something to just disregard or to necessarily treat as though you were bumping into any other person in your life, perhaps friend, family, stranger on the street. It was something not to disregard and not to disrespect, but there was something unique, something special, something holy about that engagement, about that interaction with the living God. So, in our day and age, perhaps we might say particularly, but it's always been the same over the course of all of history. But even acknowledging God's existence, let alone his awesome, shocking presence, isn't really on people's minds today. So people may have acknowledged divine power, Back in generations before that, there was a God who existed, but even those people would perhaps disobey him or disregard him. In our day and age, it's more prevalent to just disbelieve him altogether. So let alone be concerned about how we approach a holy and a living and an almighty God. However, as the church, we're called to recognise God's presence, receive his presence, And then to release that same presence to the world. We're called to recognise, receive and release the presence and power of God in the lives that we interact with and in this world we live in. God is worthy enough, great enough, glorious enough and holy enough to receive reverent respect, honour and yes, even holy Biblical fear, can I say? It's something we might not quite be able to compute. How does it work? But we'll get on to why as it comes. But God is a God who's worthy to be reverenced, to be worshipped, to be adored, to be cherished, to be loved, to be appreciated, and to be respected and honoured because he's not just like everyone else. He is the God who always was, who is, and who always will be almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing. He is everything worthy to be honoured and to be respected and we get the privilege of worshipping that God, the one God. So naturally, you might be trying to reconcile those ideas, those truths rather, that's been revealed to us in Scripture and in our own experience as well. The fact that perfect love casts out fear, which is a passage of Scripture in the New Testament, we know that to be true. Perfect love casts out fear and God is perfect love. God gives us perfect love. And that of God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, of self-control, not a spirit of fear. Well, let's, let's, let's read the next part then. Apologies, didn't read the next part. I read it all the last time. That's all right. Let's, let me read again verse 23 to 24, the last part. But the Lord said to him, "'Peace, do not be afraid, you're not going to die.'" So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, "'The Lord is Peace.'" And to this day, it still stands. Life, or like with much of life, a lot of things comes down to balance. To holding things in tension, which often seem to be poles apart. It's part of the mystery, of sometimes, of how we can live in life. How we can read and understand the word of God how we can experience our relationship with him. We won't always understand everything. We won't always be able to comprehend how things go together, how this plus this equals this. But nonetheless, we've been called to trust, to obey, to believe, and to recognize that we're limited. We're finite. We're not going to understand it. But God is unlimited. God is infinite. And he knows his own character, and he's revealed something of it to us, even though we're never going to be able to fully get what it's about. So we're commanded by faith to hold attention between recognizing the great, awesome, holy, fearful presence of God, who is the one true and living God and holds everything in his hands, with... Receiving his presence as peace, which we'll go on to now. Receiving that same holy, just, righteous presence as our peace. As something that can comfort us. As something that helps us when we need it. So, let's look at peace then. So, God's presence should equally, yet mysteriously, invoke peace in us as well, that same power and presence should invoke peace. As we're vessels of God's presence by the Spirit who lives in us, we should live peaceably, we should express that same godly peace to each other or whoever we bump into in our daily lives. Jesus has given us his peace. We're to spread peace wherever we go being known as peacemakers. That's what we're called to be. We're called to be many things, and one of those is peacemaker. Wherever we step into, whatever sphere, whether it's the office, whether it's the living room where our kids have made an absolute tip, whether it's meeting up with our friends somewhere in town, whatever it might be, we're called to be recognized as people who will bring an atmosphere of that godly peace, a a divine peace, into a situation that could be rife with trouble, with problem, with conflict, with issue, and that marks us out as something and someone different because we're expressing something of the peace of God into a situation or into a person's life. So when we enter a hostile atmosphere, an argument between friends in our halls of residence, perhaps for any uni uh, students here today, Aggressive words between spouses, if you've got to the end of your tether with each other. Violent tantrums from our kids. And we've just been on holiday, so we have had a few of those. It's not a holiday anymore when you've got kids, but it is a breakaway from the normal. (laughs) Uh, Or snarky exchanges at work by the water cooler. We've all been there. I don't know what it is about an office space, but somehow you feel like you don't need to be a Christian like you do in other places at the office, because everyone's going at it well that's not the case we're called to be different we're called to inject peace and unity into all and every one of those interactions we might have and just as a side note as well something i've had to learn growing up in this generation that's just been bombarded with social media and has definitely failed countless times more than i'd like to admit but social media is no different. Sometimes I think we, and myself included, um, when I was younger, fell into that trap where you can think of social media as kind of a different platform where it doesn't count. It's a different interaction. It's not. It's exactly the same. We're still called to bring peace. We're still called to behave in such a way that pleases the Lord and is marked by peace and holiness. So. You know, we're not called to engage with things like trolling, if you guys are aware of what this is. Just uh, getting on people's accounts and and bad-mouthing them, bringing them down if you disagree with things. Argumentative Twitter threads, vitriolic posts and comments because someone said something and it's not right. Or you disagree or you don't like them or you find them difficult. It's exactly the same as if you're on the street and you bumped into them. We're called to be peacemakers and to interact in a peaceful way. So what areas in your life, in our lives, do we need to receive God's peaceful presence, where perhaps there's a bit of a storm going on and there's some conflict that we're dealing with? And to whom do we need to extend God's presence to? So just reflect on that when you leave this morning and you go into the next week. What areas are there conflict, some violent stuff going on in your life that you're having to deal with, and where can you bring peace to situations that you know are experiencing that, that you can bring something of God's comfort and peace into, and step out, as Lee encouraged us, step out to bring exactly that into that person's life, or into that area in your life. Life. Jesus has given us peace with God, where there was animosity between you and God, because at one point in your life, or for some of you here today, maybe there still is that, we experienced that animosity, that distance from Him, where there was maybe anger, hatred, even, if we're being brutally honest, Disobed- uh, disbelief, sorry, hostility towards Him. Where there was any of that in our lives, or that we still are wrestling with and trying to deal with, he's graciously given us, he's given you, Jesus Christ, and allowed his sacrificial death for our sins to provide peace with him. Through Jesus, we have peace with God. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will never truly know perfect peace that can cast out unhealthy fear okay and if you do know Jesus then we've got the opportunity to reflect him to be made like him more and more as we get to know him as we read his word as we are filled with his spirit as we seek to obey his commands by his power and under his grace we can then bring that peace we can be peacemakers so Do you have peace with God today? Can you honestly say hand on heart? Yes, I know the peace of God. There is no issues between me and God. I know him through Jesus. I trust in Jesus. I believe on him. I and God am okay. We're good. I've got peace with God. Can you say that? Ask yourself it. Write it down and think about it. So, are we confident that his righteous wrath is off you? It's off you. It's been dealt with. Yeah? There's no, none of that. Your sins have been dealt with. The things that distanced you from God, the things that were hurting your life and the life of those around you, is off you because of what Jesus did on the cross for you and for me. Are you confident that you're not condemned because of your sins, that hell isn't your future, that Jesus's finished work on the cross has made a way for you to come before him, to enjoy him, to actually be happy. You know, I say these words and it can be a bit cringy and a bit like, oh, that's a bit awkward, but it's all because God wants us to be happy in him. God wants me to be delighted in him. God wants me to enjoy him. God wants me to love him because he's the best thing person that could be loved, and that leads to a fulfilled, purposeful, meaningful life. Knowing, believing, loving, enjoying the best person in the whole world. That's why we touch on these things. Is the wrath of God off of you? Is just sin been dealt with at the cross? Because when it is, we get to enjoy God and have a smile on our face (laughs) all the time. Maybe not all the time, and it might not be all the time, but that deep Joy that no one and nothing, no situation, no circumstance can take away from us. The joy of knowing the Father through the Son and to love him forever and always, forever worshipping him. So if you're unsure or if you're struggling with that, because that's a real thing, is to struggle with having peace with God, to really believe you've got peace with God, because we can easily fall into doubts. The world, I really did like the way I think Rich said it, it's about in a different context. The world can really beat us up. The world can really overcrowd our beliefs and our convictions with the pressures of life, the different views, the different ideologies, the different beliefs, whatever it might be, or even just the way you're feeling at the moment. But if you're struggling with any of that, or you just know outright that you don't have any of that, then speak to someone about it. I really encourage you, to speak to someone about it. Speak to God about it, of course, primarily. Speak to your friend about it. Speak to your small group leader about it. Speak to someone you can trust and rely on to just pray with you, to help you, to talk it out, to take you to God's word, to lay hands on you and just help you process that and work through it. Because that's what we're here for. Just like Alex and Dee was mentioning about their future trip, they recognize us as family. And that's what family does. We're with each other, we're here together for one another to support and encourage and to inject peace into each other's lives. So as a church, we're to express the peaceful presence of God. We're to be a beacon of peace in Worcester to these people walking by us. Uh, And we're to be a peaceful presence from the granary as well. The granary should be a monument to God's peace. The granary should be known as a place to the people and the citizens of Worcester that when they come here, they know I'm going to get peace here. There's going to be some form of peace. Is a good. They don't have the language, but they know. I go to the granary, something good is going to happen. Something good is going to come out of my going there and seeing what they're doing, getting involved, whatever it might be. Or if they speak to one of us, they know that they'll experience something of that So, we're to be known as a place that spreads the peace of God to others. As we go on with our kingdom mission in this city, will we be known as a church and as a place people can come and find peace, to find God ultimately, and as Rich was also saying earlier, find the help in those needs that people have, those genuine, difficult needs that people go through, will they be helped? Can we bring something of help and peace to them, ultimately bringing them to the God of peace who will help them through all of those situations and helps us as well as believers because we still go through things as well. So let's live in the healthy biblical fear of the Lord, recognizing he's worthy to be revered, he's worthy to be worshiped, he's worthy to be honored and respected and not to be spoken of in a way that is disregarding or disrespectful or flippant or anything like that but in a way that is loving and adoring is respectful and is glorious all the things that he's worthy of let's let's learn to speak of him in that way and to interact with him in that way honoring him etc but to also hold to our confident peace that we have with him and in him as well through Jesus, knowing he's our father and our friend. Let's hold the two, I believe this and I believe this. Don't understand the mystery, but the mystery has a connection, okay? Let's enjoy the peace of God. He's my father, he's my friend, and he gives me peace to share with other people. And finally, let's strive to be peaceful in how we behave with one another as well i glad to say that I feel from my perspective we're good on this anyway but it's always healthy and helpful to kind of have a reminder from Scripture. Let's behave peacefully with one another. Let's reject anger. Let's say no to strife, animosity, hostility, any form of discord there may be towards one another. Paul says in the context of having communion, the Lord's Supper together, he says if there's any issues with a brother or sister. Please do it before you come to the Lord's. Let's get our issues sorted out where we can with peace. Not angrily arguing with one another or anything like that, but peacefully coming to each other and saying, you know what, let's get back on track together as a family, as brothers and sisters. Let's be known to be united, harmonious, and a people who are together. Let's have unity, let's have harmony, and let's be together as friends and family. So, let me just pray then, and we'll finish our time together. Lord Jesus, please put into us what we've just heard from your words. Help us to know that you are the one true and living God, holy, righteous, and to be revered, to be worshipped, to be honoured and respected and regarded. Lord God, give us that healthy biblical fear of the Lord. In our hearts but also to hold it confidently with the fact that you give us peace that you are our peace and help us to live peacefully with each other as a church to be known for that but then also to these passers-by to be known as a church in a building that's a monument to the peace of God and I pray that people would be drawn into that peace and that it would be extended to them as they come and interact with us In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.